a baby's first action when they enter this world is to breathe. The very last thing we do when we leave this world is take a breath. There are times when you see something so beautiful, it takes your breath away. And if you're here with someone today, you might turn to them and say, that's you. (laughs) And there are times when you become so scared that you can't breathe. And there are probably times in your life, maybe even right now, where you feel like you're just holding your breath and you're not sure when you're going to be able to come up out of the water. And I suspect if it's not today, you've felt that way at some point in the last few months, few weeks, few days. So we're going to have a couple little exercises this morning. So I'm going to invite you right now just to inhale deeply and hold your breath for 15 seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Breath is fundamental to life. Breath is living. No breath, no life. Let's look at the verse again that the girls read for us. From Genesis 2, the second story of creation. Genesis 1 is the first story of creation. Genesis 2 is the second story of creation. And in it we read, the Lord God formed the man, or the Adam, or you could also translate that, the human, from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. God's breath is life. And when God breathes into something, it comes alive. It lives. And the Hebrew word that is used here in this passage is neshama. And it's translated to be the soul. That humanity becomes living Not when it's created, but when God breathes into it. The existence of humanity from the dust makes us from the earth. But what the Hebrew writer is saying is that God's life, the the person doesn't become a human being, a living person, until the breath of God enters into its lungs. It is the breath of God given to humanity that gives us the ability to really, truly live. Breathing is instinctive. You're breathing and you don't even know that you're doing it. It's what they call autonomic. It's part of the autonomic system. You breathe, you don't even know that you're breathing until something takes your breath away. And then you pay attention to it. We were made to breathe, to live, to breathe with God in his rhythms, in his dynamic, with his breath. So with the breath of God, we commune together. 
in whatever form that might be happening. With the breath of God, we create. With the breath of God, we work. With the breath of God, we give care to one another. With the breath of God, we live. With the breath of God, we love. And with the breath of God, we give praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you. There's a man named David Benner. He lives in Toronto, um, Christian man. He's written quite a few books about um, spiritual practices, about spirituality. And he actually, in his one book, uh, Soulful Spirituality, he writes about being in China and meeting a, a Taoist professor. And, and he writes about his it, uh, interchange with this professor. And he writes this, I was struck by how important paying attention to his breath was to his practice. More striking was his surprise that I, as a Christian, did not make this a central part of my own spiritual practice. And he asked, am I not right that Christians understand their origins to lie in the infusion of divine breath into the dust of the earth? And I assured him that was correct. And he continued, am I not right that you understand each breath to be a gift from God? And again he said, I said he was. And he pushed on, am I not right that you understand that the spirit of God is within you, moment by moment, breath by breath? And again I agreed. Then how can you fail to see, he asked, the immense spiritual value in attending to those moment by moment expressions of the presence of God? And I was convinced and soon found ways to make this a regular part of my practice. How are you feeling today as you sit here and you come out of the week that you've just had and you're looking at the week ahead? I want to invite you to practice prayer this morning through breathing. And for some of you, I'm going to ask you to just give me the benefit of the doubt and go along with what I'd like to do with you this morning. So I want to invite you to close your eyes so that you're not distracted. And I want you to pay attention to your body and let it relax because you are probably more tense than you realize. And begin to take a deep breath so that your belly expands, not your chest. And then just let it out. And continue to take that slow, deep breath, inhaling and then exhaling. As you inhale, invite God to breathe his breath into you right now. And as you exhale, release your worries and your fears and your pains. As you inhale, receive his mercy, his love, his forgiveness for your sins. As you exhale, release those sins to him and your lack of faith and your distrust. Breathe deep 
and receive the wind of God that blows where it wants and arrives at times as a gentle whisper and at other times as a raging tempest. Breathe deep and receive God's spirit, regenerating you cell by cell from the inside out, restoring your soul back to life. Breathe deep, the breath of God that gives new life to your bones. hope that that helps you. That paying attention to how you're feeling, to your body, and to the fact that God is with you moment by moment, even in your breathing, is an act of prayer. The word that um, is often used for breath in the Hebrew Bible, or what we sometimes call the Old Testament, is ruach, and it can be translated the breath of God. This word is used more times than a lot of other themes that you'll find in the Hebrew Bible. And it can be translated as breath. It can be translated uh, also as wind. So the Hebrew word for breath or ruach is the wind the wind of God or the wind that blows in all of the quail when Israel was complaining about, about not having meat to eat. And it says that God's ruach blew in the quail. The Hebrew word for breath or for ruach can also be translated as spirit. As God's spirit or as our spirit. And all of these images for this one word, which is so rich in meaning, are meant to help us understand ourselves and God in, in new and invigorating ways. So when we talk about God's spirit in the Old Testament or in the Hebrew Bible, there is so much more richness to it than, than us just as Christians taking the Holy Spirit that we've met in the New Testament and just superimposing that back onto how God is supposed to operate before the coming of Christ. And this word for spirit is the very same word for the breath that you're taking right now. Or the wind that is ripping up those drifts across the road as you were driving here. It is unpredictable. It is life-giving. It is beautiful and frightening. The prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament was an interesting character. And he had a lot of visions. And in one of these visions in Ezekiel 37... He's, he's imagining that he's in a valley, and the valley is full of skeletons, dry bones scattered everywhere. 
And in his vision, he has this conversation with God. And God says, Ezekiel, I want you to speak to the dry bones. And as you read through verses 1 to 14, it's the, it's the exchange between Ezekiel and God in the vision. And Ezekiel speaking to the dry bones. And I want to walk us through uh, the verses kind of put together. Where Ezekiel speaking for God says, look, I am going to put breath into you. He's speaking to, to skeletons, to the dry bones. Sometimes like this on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Wake up, you guys. Come on. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. Come, O oh breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they will live again. And then down near the end, God says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again from the four winds through my breath. You will receive my spirit. And as you read through this chapter in Ezekiel 37, we're told that, that Israel, the Jewish people, felt like they had become those dry bones. They were lifeless. They were without meaning. They felt without, like they had no purpose. They were living oppressed and they were living in exile. And they needed a word from God to give them vision, to give them life. And so God uses Ezekiel to speak that to them. They felt like they had become old, dead bones. And I wonder sometimes if you feel that way about yourself. I wonder if you feel that way about the global church. I wonder if you feel that way about the church in this region. I wonder if you feel that way about this congregation. And a new wind from God is needed. A fresh breath. Israel needed the spirit of God, the wind of God to move among them and to give them new life. And I wonder if you find yourself feeling like that from time to time. I wonder if today could be a reminder for us that it is an opportunity to receive the breath of God. While you are right here, while you are at home in your living room or later on watching on your phone somewhere, to relax and to inhale and to commune with God and to breathe with God. We have the breath of God. So let's learn to breathe with God again. It is a breath that is in us. It is a breath that is for us. It is a breath that is around us. It is a breath that is moving through us. We are made in his image and we have his breath, his spirit. And it is a spirit that gives life.
It is not a spirit that takes away life. It is a spirit that is giving life, infusing us with breath and with life. And in Genesis 2, we are reminded that the Lord God breathed the breath of life and we became living beings. And what the girls read for us this morning in John 2, John reminds us all the way back to Genesis of Jesus reenacting the creation story in his believers the ones who are following him. He has been crucified. He has risen from the dead. And the disciples can't understand it. And they are terrified. And they're upstairs, locked in a room, probably feeling like they are old, dead bones. They at least thought they were dead meat because they were so close to Jesus. And they were lost and they were helpless and they didn't know what to do. And then we read, In John 20, verses 21, 22, Jesus shows up in the room and he uses the word shalom. Shalom be with you. Peace be with you. All the fullness of life be with you. Not just the cessation of violence, but everything wonderful and brilliant and amazing about the fullness of life. Would that be with you? As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them. He sent his ruach on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit, the ruach of God. And then you read in Acts 2. There's a bunch of people like this in a room together like this. And they were praying together. And the Holy Spirit fell on all of them. The wind of God fell on all of them. God's breath came upon all of them. And I just want to tell you today, God is still breathing. He is still breathing and sending uh, the Spirit. The wind of God is still moving all over the place in gentle whispers and in raging tempests. And it's the spirit that knows what you need. It's the spirit that knows what we need. Maybe it's a gentle whisper today. Maybe it's a a hurricane and fire everywhere and people running, screaming for their lives. I just want to tell you that God's still breathing. And he's wanting to fill your lungs with his spirit. So I encourage you to lift up your face and to receive God's breath moving among us. It's my prayer that uh, we could be like the bird that you'll see in a moment that is breathing new beginnings. That is breathing God's breath as the cold winter of what was diminishes and the spring of new life, of new beginnings, of new hope begins for you and for us. We need a fresh wind from God that lets us sing again. And to sing in chorus and in harmony together. God is still breathing and he's inviting you into that breath.